This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Um, and when I hear that setup, you know, it, uh, it, it puts me in an interesting mindset right away, which is I'm obsessed with being the architect and the plumber, right? Uh, um, I've uh, got so many things going on, so many uh, exciting opportunities, but literally, this is not a joke, why that setup was so funny. I literally asked for one more minute backstage so that I could post my current piece of content on Instagram and I wanted to get the hashtags right and so I needed to concentrate for another 60 seconds and I think, I think legitimately it's ironic I didn't realize that would be the setup. That is the punchline. The punchline is very simple. All of us know here, all of us know watching at home right now that there's something going on, right? Whether you, know, whether you want to call it digital or social media, these are just words, right? Like I always love in these moments to say, there is no social media. That is the slang term that we've all accepted as what I would call the current state of the internet. And when you accept social media as a slang term for the current state of the internet, now you've got a more interesting debate with me around do you take the internet seriously? You know, to me, whether it's Facebook or Snapchat or MySpace or the thing that happens next, that's irrelevant. The one thing that we are all battling for battling for is attention. What we're talking about here is attention. Attention arbitrage, attention opportunity. And then what we're talking about is the creative variable that it takes to get somebody to donate to your cause, to buy your sneakers, to hire you as a real estate agent or a photographer, to vote for you for mayor. This is all as basic as it gets. As somebody had figured out a long, long, long time ago that they were really good at carving pictures inside a cave that made people do things, that is literally, and I'm not kidding, exactly what we're talking about here. The problem is we all get screwed up when the medium changes. Because we like it the way we knew it to be. So when the medium changes, you have these moments, this tension, this excitement, this concern, this curiosity, and we are living in the thick of it. Whether you like it or you don't, AKA whether this is helping you win or this is taken away from things that you were winning it, there is no debating that all of us will look back one day and long after we're gone, they will look back at this 30, 50 year era where everybody would take a step back and realize this is way bigger than Facebook video or filters on Snapchat. This is when the internet impacted us as a human race and changed everything forever. What's happening at a geopolitical level, a financial level, whether you want to go as deep as like decentralization, cryptocurrency, blockchain, Trump, Brexit, many other things, break off of countries. I mean, you're seeing real stuff. You know, in the social media world, we used to talk about Arab Spring and Zappos and the Comcast customer service, right? Like, you've all heard it. When I tell you that this has just started, this has just started. Like if you think a lot has happened in the last 10, 12, 15 years, all the things we debate around the table as entrepreneurs or aspiring creatives, nobody's sitting here right now or watching at home or watching the recording of this if you're not curious, ambitious, you know, focused on what's actually happening at a macro and what opportunity that means to you and or your family, this is just starting. And so why I get passionate to do things like this is it comes down to practitionership. It comes down to the ability to do. 
first you've got to make the religious belief decision strategy that this is actually happening and this is not a sprinkle or a nice to have or a curious little thing that's emerging, which is what I did a decade ago. A decade ago, I was like this, right? This world, this device is going to become the remote control of our lives, not of our content, of our lives, and everything that happens in it is gonna matter. And when you start realizing almost 50% of people's time on this device is spent on a social network or content platform distribution, all of a sudden, all this stuff gets really, real, really fast. And I think we've quantified its extreme power at a cultural level, but we still lally-gag on how important it is because maybe we'll run a Facebook ad on a picture or video that didn't work and we make a binary decision that this stuff doesn't work. And so I have spent a lot of time over the last decade trying to understand where the attention of the end consumer is. Not going to be, not was. As I stand in front of you right this second, I debate every single opportunity to tell a story, to create an action, whether it's the good part of me for Charity Water and for Pencils of Promise or to help my brother's disease and the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation or for the narcissistic part of me that I want to be popular to all of you for the rest of time (laughs) or a short-term financial reason for VaynerMedia to sell a pair of sneakers or some wine for my dad's business. It's just still binary. Where is the attention? Where is it overpriced? Where is it underpriced? What could we be doing that's a waste of our time and money? What should we be doing that is a land grab? I actually think of it as real estate. I want to remind everybody, somebody bought the land that we're on right now for a dollar. It was a long time ago, but somebody paid nothing. I don't know if you've seen the Louisiana Purchase Agreement or some of the other great transactions in real estate history. My friends, that is what people are going to say about what we're doing digitally. It just is. It's gonna be 100 years from now, but it doesn't make it any less true that right now, I think everybody is grossly underestimating how much time is spent on Facebook and Instagram and how much they overestimate people spending time on other places. And if you believe that truth, well then you've gotta start becoming a real storyteller, creator, executor. Use whatever adjective makes you feel comfortable. I love talking about personal brand because people get mad at that term. I'm like, cool, call it your reputation. Whatever makes you feel comfortable. Whatever word you want to use for making a picture, a video, or written words on platforms where people spend their time, do that to make yourself comfortable so that you can actually start doing it. While people debate philosophically adjectives, I'm out here fucking executing. And everybody else who is doing that as well is winning and everybody else who's debating it is losing. And when I say winning and losing, I mean the binary game of are you emerging in the consciousness of who you're trying to talk to or are you declining? And so now let's take it to where it matters. It, what matters at the end of the day is if you agree with me binarily that it's happening here, now the question becomes what are you gonna do about it? First thing you need to do is everybody in here needs to take a step back and get really self-aware really quickly. Because self-awareness and empathy are the two pillars that will make you successful. These are the two things I do that nobody sees because of my persona, because of other alpha characteristics I have. They're the disguised superpowers that have gotten me here today. When you have empathy, you actually care more about what the other person is thinking and consuming than the selfish needs you have. An incredibly good tactic and strategy if you're producing content, right? 
And then, if you understand and really respect self-awareness, there's a lot of things I wish I was, right? I wish I was a little taller, right? I wish I could throw a ball harder. There's a million things I can talk about, right? But the reality is, a long time ago, through amazing parenting and the serendipity of being an immigrant at the right time, I got real self-aware real fast and started triple downing on what I was versus pandering to everybody else. And so the security and confidence and all the other things that were put into me allowed me to be good at this game for the last 10 years. And the reason I'm stressing such an EQ kind of fluffy thing to you, it is the framework that will allow you to be successful. You may not be as good at writing as you want to be. You may not be as awesome at taking pictures as you dream to be. You may not understand how to post-edit video as much as you aspire to be. Once you understand those things, or maybe you're so remarkable at writing but you've never had the confidence to really fully go there because you didn't have great parenting, because you didn't grow up in an environment that encouraged it. But if I can do anything, listen, something I figured out a long time ago with my public appearances, I'm here for one person. I don't know if it's one of you lovely faces or the thousands that are gonna watch this. I'm here for one person. If I can suffocate the reality of the situation on one of you right now to truly take a step back and actually execute on what actually is happening here, it would be a remarkable accomplishment and I get those emails every day. I live for the email from you. I saw you and this thing and this, because that's what it is. It is strategy. Either you have the right strategy or you have the wrong one. And unfortunately for so many of us, I come here with gratitude out of the circumstance of parenting and environment that I was given and I'm driven by gratitude. I sit here trying to deliver on the gifts that I was given because I literally am guilty. I feel guilt on how good I had it. It didn't seem the case when everybody said I was gonna be a loser because I got D's and F's and in the 80s and 90s there was no entrepreneurship. What college you went to was the binary decision maker of were you good or not in society. But even then, I faced that and was me. And those skills allow me the enormous honor of standing here and having people actually give a shit of what I have to say. And so in all that mix that I just pounded, please understand the following. You have to figure out what kind of storyteller you are. You have to figure out what kind of storyteller you are. Are you a director? Are you a producer? Are you a creative director? Are you the painter? Are you the set builder? In three ways that we communicate in society, the written word, audio, and video, you need to figure yourself out. You need to either surround yourself, maybe you're a general contractor, maybe you do nothing. I would argue, well I guess video I do, right? Put a camera in front of me and this happens, right? But I can't write. I have a full-time writer. I've written four New York Times best-selling books. I can't put two sentences together. If any of you have emailed me, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I can't spell. I don't understand sentence structure at all. And my middle name should be run on sentence, right? Like, I can't do it. It's why emojis have been awesome for me, you know? And instead of worrying about that and spending ungodly amounts of time and taking creative courses on writing and trying to fix my weakness, I just was so good at my strength that it afforded me to hire a full-time ghostwriter who can take what I'm saying right now and create a Medium or LinkedIn post, ask me five questions to follow up on some of the themes here, I answer them, convert it to first person, and it is me, and it is out in the world. And so you need to decide, are there things, do you understand the copy that it takes on a Facebook or Instagram post to actually make people see it? Do you understand the first three seconds of a video to make it successful? Do you understand the art of the science before the art itself. 
which is an unbelievable subtlety that nobody wants to speak to. Are we gonna continue to trade on the subjective nature of one's point of view? Or are we gonna stop and take a step back and finally respect the market that we never ever respected and we disrespected in marketing and creative world because we used to do everything in a silo and just put it out and it was what it was. We now have these incredible tools and platforms to allow us to listen. For all my talking, I spend almost all my time listening. I read every one of your comments, all the engagement, all of it, all the qualitative. You can, you can keep your likes and shares. They're a nice proxy, I look at them, but they've become people's religion over the actual game, which is the qualitative brand sentiment around what you're doing. I don't trade on how many followers I have or how viral a post went. I trade on the sentences that you leave for me on every piece of content and I build on that listening and I build on that listening and I trade on confidence. I'm not scared to make a piece of content that people don't like. I'm not scared to mix up my music from hip hop to sentimental. I'm willing to do anything because I need the learnings. And my misfortunes and mistakes and not highly engaged posts are mine, not yours. And so I ask you to take a step back and really start figuring out that this is an incredible shift. This is the biggest shift in our society since the printing press. That Facebook and Instagram absolutely are the platforms. Snapchat for under 30, incredibly successful. It's not dead. Has it been dented by Instagram features? Of course. LinkedIn emerging incredibly well on B2B content as they continue to evolve. And tomorrow, Twitter may have an update that fundamentally changes its platform that makes us now have to jump in. And this is why somewhere last year I changed it from let's market in the year that we live in, which was my big rallying cry, to let's start day trading attention. Because what I realized was, oh my God, this is now day to day. Tomorrow somebody can have an update on a platform on YouTube or a podcast or you know, another platform over here or invent. There's two girls in Kansas City right now who may invent the visual platform that we all trade on in four years. This is day trading. You know, a month before Instagram created all the features that Snapchat had, I made a video saying Instagram's in trouble. Facebook's younger than people think and at scale. Snapchat's emerging incredibly quickly and starting to get into the 30-year-old demo. Where does Instagram sit? And then they made a couple updates and then it changed. Sports, adjustments. It's like tennis, I like tennis a lot. Who likes tennis? You know what I love about tennis? You know when you look at a tennis match score and you see six love and then one six? Like, I'm always like, what the hell happened? <laughs> like, right? Because it's so mental. It's such subtle adjustments. Every day, I obsessed around your eyes and your ears and how they navigate your brain and your heart. And every day I watch what's happening in culture. Why, do, why is slime working with eight-year-old girls? What's happening over here? What's happening over there? What platforms are working? And let me tell you what the punchline of my last three years are, whether I'm right or wrong. But I can make you this promise. Everything that baffles people was unfolding in these social networks and it was black and white. Everybody who's stunned, I surely wasn't stunned with the election results. I surely wasn't stunned that Nike and Under Armour have been shocked by Adidas and collaborations and sneaker. I wasn't shocked by much because it's right in front of us. It's just that everybody wants to talk and nobody's spending enough time to listen. Empathy. You want something good to happen for you? Start caring way more about what the other person's getting out of the transaction and a funny thing will happen. You'll start getting yours. Cool, that's my thesis. Now, I'd love, since we're here together, 
to take some of the audience members. I'll repeat the questions for the people watching at home. I'd love to get even more tactical. There's a chance we'll never be able to be in front of each other again. This is your chance to get super selfish in the micro because a lot of times the question works for 80% of the audience. Is there anything I can answer at a tactical level for anybody here? Yes, dear. What's your name? Marianne. Marianne. Correct. So what should we be investing in now for our future? So I think the question becomes of what should you be investing? Social media. Yeah, I, attention, a.k.a. sound, voice. Sound. The next, you know, this is not a hundred year answer because in a hundred years, who the hell, right? In the next five years, I would tell you the biggest thing that's going to impact everybody here and everybody watching, sound, voice, is the first thing I've seen that is a platform that reminds me of social. Let me explain. I believe in five years from today, every one of you will be interacting with a voice-activated AI machine that is dictating your life way more than you can imagine. So I'm talking Amazon Alexa, I'm talking Apple HomePod, I'm talking Google Home. For everybody here, if you can figure out how to be successful, and this is why I've been spending so much time on my podcast. You know, how many of you actually here consume my content? Raise your hand at any level. Thank you, that's awesome. Okay, well that was awesome. Uh, Wish I asked that earlier. Uh, How many of you in the last year have started listening a little bit more to my podcast and watching a little less video? Raise your hands. Those hands, which is a lot. That was more than 50% of the hands that just went up. Sound. How do you build a skill? How do you build a briefing? What is an Amazon skill and briefing? Instead of asking me that, you go and search on Google or YouTube, either learn by reading or you learn by watching. You can easily type in how to build an Alexa skill, what is an Amazon briefing, get educated on those, and if there's any way, shape, or form you think you can start a podcast, I highly recommend it. There's a company called Anchor. I did not invest in it, but I've been talking a lot about it. Everybody thinks I'm an investor because I talk about it. I talk about it because I want to be historically correct, not because I invested in it. Um, Anchor is an incredible consumer app where it's voice, but it also now hit a button and it uploads your podcast to Apple and Google, which is super hard when, you, you know, when you're a creative and you need to do all the uploading and technical stuff. So already there's an app out there that makes it easy. Interviewing people is the easiest thing in the world if you, like, at its most basic, you know, if you can't figure out what to do on your podcast. But if you have any ambition to build a personal brand or a brand for your company, I'm a very, very big believer in podcast. It's funny to watch old become new. We're living through, I believe, we're going to live through the next revolution of radio, drive time radio. We've lived through it. How many of you have, are listening to more podcasts today than you did 24 months ago? Raise your hand. That's it. And let me tell you why voice is going to win. Time is everything to us. Besides health, family, money, and religion, the fifth pillar is time. It's the other asset in our lives, and sound saves us time. You're able to listen and do something else. And that passive nature of consumption and our ability to multitask as we're getting, you know, the brain is super misunderstood. We have a lot more capabilities in us than we realize. We're able to multitask a lot more than we realize. We just haven't been stretched. Sound is going to do that. You're going to listen to all these podcasts while you do. Commuting, while you work. There's just so many reasons why voice. Plus the fact that I can say, Alexa, order me toothpaste. And it does it in one second. When I thought about it, no opening your notes to pick up toothpaste at Dwayne Reed on the way home. (laughs) No, no. Alexa, order me toothpaste. And so 
if you have a way to create a podcast, I would highly recommend it. And then don't think narrow. If you're a photographer or a real estate agent, level, level it up. I call it the Wine Library TV rule. I didn't want to sell wine on Wine Library TV. I wanted to become America's wine guy, which is why it worked. I panned my own wines that we sold in our store because I wanted to win your trust. Sure, you want to get hired for something, but if you become a thought leader and you interview thought leaders, competitors. I reviewed Costco wine and Trader Joe wines and said they were great, which took money directly out of our pocket, but it built trust. So bring value, empathy, 5149. Give the other party the majority, figure out how to make something out of the 49% you give. That is the leverage and all of you know, everything you see in your feeds is the other way around. Everybody wants, everybody's selling. Sign up for my course, work with me, give me your attention, give me your money. They've got the value exchange wrong. One more question real quick. Yes. I have a podcast. I've been doing it for about 10 years. 10 years. And I wonder, because I do see it still as, we're just now getting our feet wet. Yes. Um, you talk about listening. How do you get the audience to engage? What's the best way to get them to the audio mix? I think the, you know, to get more people to listen to audio or the Actually, ones that are in it. Like I've been trying to say, hey, call the voicemail line because yep. I want to hear their voices. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to force people into the chamber of feedback. You know, if you look at drive time radio over the last 30 years, you know, only 1% of the listeners are calling in. And those are big, you know, so you have to have a big show to get 1%, you know, right? If, if you only got 1,000 listeners, that 1% is a small group and they're already listening today. So, you know, one, you should wrap your head around the fact that only 1% are going to engage. And once you do that, you just want to build your audience as big as you can to get to the numbers that you're looking for. I think asking questions, making them not have to call in, I think maybe asking them to tweet the questions and then you're the voice of it, right? A lot of times we try to make people do things on our terms. I've spent a career of just looking at what you actually do and making myself fit into your terms. I'm not happy that audio is emerging. I wasn't happy that social media came along. I wasn't happy that Google AdWords came along. I figured out email and web 1.0. It was 1996, I figured it out. 90% open rates on email, right? E-commerce, I won. Then Google came and I said, crap, this looks real. So I became a great Google AdWords player. Then that changed my business dramatically. Then this YouTube thing came. I didn't want to make content in video form. I never thought of myself as a creator. I was a 30-year-old businessman at that point who'd built a real business. I didn't think of myself as talent or out here like this, but I saw it was gonna be a thing. And I couldn't afford to hire an actor for the wine store, so I was like, I'll do it. And then I learned that. I didn't want Twitter to come along. I figured that out. You got it? On your terms, on the world's terms, the market's always right, not you. I think I've, do I have to go? <laughs> I know you guys are trying to wrap me up. All right, one quick one, let's sneak it in. All right, we came from North Dakota, just asked you this. I, I'm glad I asked. Yeah, if you could go back to the 18, yes. Yes. What would you do differently to get where you are? You know, I, I, the only thing that comes when I think about what would I do differently at 18 than what I've done to get here is a tough answer. The answer is, the true answer is nothing because I'm too happy right now to take the chance of doing something different. The thing that populates in my head is the thing that I w- <laughs> the thing that populates in my head is also the same answer to the one thing I would have 100% done again. So it's a real classic contradiction, and that's who I am. Uh, which is, I don't think I would have went into my family business. 
because in so many ways, professionally, it held me back. You know, I spent my first 13 years building a business for my dad. I left the business at 34 years old with no equity in it. I didn't pay myself a lot of money because we poured it all into the business. And I was 34 years old and had no money on paper, no money really to do, and I built a huge business. And watching a lot of 20, 30-year-olds build their businesses right now and have all the things they had, I feel like in a lot of ways, I had a really substantial you know, setback, to be very frank. Plus, I had to deal with the years of your dad or now the bullshit trolls that say, well, his dad gave it to him. My dad didn't give me anything. My dad gave me the opportunity to build his business for him. So as you can imagine, getting razzed for having a head start when I had an enormous setback financially isn't so fun to swallow. At the same token, it's the only thing I would do because those years with my dad, I would have never known my dad. Just wouldn't have known. He was a workaholic. His, his business and his job is his life. And I had you know, 12 substantial years, 24-7, 365, and I have amazing memories. And to be very frank, I feel great that I did that for my family because what they did for me before I did that for them so I feel like I settled that score, you know? Um, I have zero regrets, my man. I really do, and, and I would give the advice that I give to every young person, and if you follow my stuff, if you came to North Dakota, you know my pillar besides empathy and gratitude is patience. Too many kids under 30 want to get there so fast, and it breaks them because they shortcut, and they create the vulnerabilities that don't allow them to get there. So I would have just looked my 18-year-old self in the face and said, your intuition's right. Do this, do that. Exactly right. You'll be real happy. Thank you. you got it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the audio experience. It would mean the world, and I mean the world, if you could go and leave a rating on iTunes. Your word of mouth is my oxygen.